Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. Welcome to Podcast One. We hope you'll support our sponsors who bring you these podcasts absolutely free and with limited interruptions. And of course, we appreciate you listening to this show, which will get started in just a second. Since 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. A best-selling author, host of TV's That Metal Show, and seven national radio shows, including Trunk Nation, daily on Sirius XM. Interesting. Eddie offers the world his newsmaking interviews, passionate analysis, honest commentary, and who knows what else. So welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. And welcome to another episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. New every Thursday, podcast1.com and iTunes. Thank you for downloading, streaming, and checking it out. It is much appreciated. Just back from Southern California, spent about 10 days there. Did a lot of stuff, including the NAM show and some hosting stuff and an episode of my TV show, new season coming this summer on Access TV of Trunk Fest. And did a bunch of great radio shows as well from my daily Sirius XM volume show. And uh, my gosh, so much more. Hope you are following along, listening every day on volume on Sirius XM channel 106. And also following on social media, Twitter, where I am most active, at Eddie Trunk with info and updates and photos and all that. Also Instagram, at Eddie Trunk. Fan page on Facebook, at Eddie Trunk. And the official online home, as always, is eddytrunk.com. So here we are. And uh, what is this? Are we in into February yet? No, not quite yet. On post day, we're looking at the final day of January, January 31st, 2019. And a February coming up for me that's going to be stacked with action. It kicks off with the Cruise to the Edge, which is the first week of February covering progressive music. And then uh, February 13th, I'm in Tulsa hosting Saxon at the IDL Ballroom. And then the final week of February, I will be on the Monsters of Rock Cruise, which I will be wearing many hats on, including hosting a TV show, shooting an episode of Trunk Fest on that, hosting a daily radio show, and hosting events on the cruise. It is going to be nuts. So a lot of good stuff happening. Follow along, like I said, on socials, and I'll see you if you're on either of those cruises or if you're in Tulsa at the IDL. Also, somewhere in the middle of February, I'll be back out in L.A. 
to do some more stuff from the Rainbow with my monthly appearances at the Rainbow in L.A. doing my uh, daily show on Volume Channel 106. Had some great interviews recently on that channel, some of which I'll be able to bring to you here. Lee Kerslake. Uh, had a great conversation with him. Paul Rogers, great conversation with him. We got a lot of big stuff going on, and uh, hope you're enjoying and listening every day. Live, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time. Replay every night, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Channel 106, Volume for Trunk Nation. And that's where the interviews you hear on this show are courtesy of. Now, along those lines, if you remember on last week's podcast, I brought you an interview with Tom Morello from the Rainbow, from my last L.A. Rainbow show on Sirius XM, where we talked about the entire Chris Cornell tribute and all that went on with that. As promised, this week I am bringing you part two. And in part two of that broadcast, I spent some time uh, talking with Deadland Ritual, which is a new band featuring Geezer Butler, Matt Sorum, Steve Stevens, and Frankie Perez. They've announced a European tour. They've got one song out, and they are embarking on, uh, you know, very serious about launching this brand new band. As I've said to Geezer before, I mean, I think it's quite ambitious at his age to be launching a brand new group, but he seems very committed to it, very excited about it, and hopefully, unlike a lot of the supergroups that are uh, that come together, this one has some legs, this one lasts, and uh, they really are committed to it. Time will tell. It's really hard when you're traveling and used to the amenities that come with being a member of Black Sabbath to suddenly playing clubs, which for the most part they'd have to do when they play in the U.S. But judging from the one song, sounds like a good band. Interesting how they came together. And during the interview you're about to hear, which happened live from the Rainbow in L.A. and live on my satellite show on Sirius XM, on the set with me was Geezer, Frankie, and Sorum. Joining us via the phone during the interview was Steve Stevens, who was in Vegas at the time that we did this, getting ready to play with Billy Idol, which is his other gig. So it's a fun conversation with these guys. I hope you like it. I mean, you know them all from their respective other bands, and we cover a lot of ground here and talk about Deadland Ritual and where they came from and how this all came together and where they are headed in part two of what was one big show a few weeks ago, Morello in Hour 1, which you heard last week on the podcast, and this week, Hour 2, with Geezer, Matt, Steve, and Frankie. So that's what's going on for this week's Eddie Trunk podcast. Next week, I'll try to bring you the Paul Rogers interview from a couple weeks ago. It was a phenomenal conversation that I had with Paul, uh, again, on my volume show. So if you have Sirius XM, you can hear it on demand. Maybe you heard it live. Everybody else will try to get that on for you next week while I'm out on Cruise to the Edge. Be sure to be listening next week as I broadcast from a cruise ship and cover the world of progressive music on uh, on next week's uh, broadcast or next week's podcast, I should say. The broadcast will happen daily live from the ship. So a lot of big stuff going on. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening, however you do it, wherever you do it to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Let's get a break. Let's come back and let us go to the patio of the rainbow with Matt Sorum, Steve Stevens, Frankie Perez, and Geezer Butler and introduce you to Deadland Ritual on this week's podcast. 
The Eddie Trunk Podcast. Every car comes with its uh, share of stories. You know that, right? That ding in your bumper when you nervously picked up a first date. The luxury package you got after that big promotion. Or the mileage you save by riding your bike all summer. While you can't put a price tag on your stories, now with True Car, you can at least find out what your car's worth when it's time to sell or trade it in. Just go to True Car, simply enter your license plate number, and watch how your car details pop up. Then answer a few questions. Navigation and moonroof, watch as they bump up your value. High mileage, you already knew it was going to cost you, right? But now you know how much it dings your wallet so you can plan ahead. Once you're finished, you'll get a true cash offer sent in minutes, which you can take to a local certified dealer to cash out or trade in. So when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car today. True Car cash offer, not available in all areas. Now on Podcast One. Could this be a serial killer? You never think it could happen in a community like this. Cold Case Files, Season 4. The case would take several twists and turns. I mean, you're kind of, in essence, looking for a needle in a haystack. Based on the hit A&E television program. Now it starts to fit. The discovery will seal the fate of a serial killer. So I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. She just screams and pleads for her life. Get new episodes of Cold Case Files every Tuesday on Podcast One. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. All right, as I mentioned, uh, I'm doing a monthly broadcast series from the Rainbow, one show a month from the patio there at the Rainbow Bar and Grill. And a few weeks ago, I was there and introduced, uh, really, I think this was their first real interview as a band, Deadland Ritual, a new supergroup. Uh, the the artists that joined me on the set were Geezer Butler, Frankie Perez, Matt Sorum. Guitarist Steve Stevens was in Vegas, but he called in, as you are about to hear. So let's get you there right now. Deadland Ritual is the name of the band, as uh, they really introduce themselves to the world here on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. We welcome back in three quarters of a brand new band that I'd like to introduce to everybody called Deadland Ritual, ladies and gentlemen. And <laughs> Geezer said, who are they? <laughs> we're going to figure out who they are right now, and we're going to start around the horn here, and we're going to start with uh, a guy that's a pleasure to meet, Mr. Frankie Perez. Good to meet you, Frankie. Hello, everybody. How you doing? We'll get into Frankie's history, and, uh, and, and he is the singer in the band. And in the middle slot here, you know him, you love him, Mr. Matt Sorum, everybody. Good to see you, Matt. And uh, you need that microphone. Yeah, right? there Eddie. You go. There you go. And we had him on just a few minutes ago. Geezer Butler returns. Hello to there. And Geezer is, uh, Geezer, of course, um, is, is a member of the band with Matt and Frankie and Steve Stevens, who is not here, uh, is the guitar player in the band. But Steve is in Vegas. He's playing with Billy Idol tonight. He texted me earlier, and he will join us for a segment on the phone coming up in just a few minutes because he didn't want to miss out on all the, on all the action. So I guess the, the obvious question here, how did this come together? What, this band is called Deadland Ritual. There's one song out that's out right now that uh, you guys have heard. It's uh, Down in Flames. Down in Flames, killer track. It's out now. That's the introduction to this band. But I guess, Frankie, we'll start with you since you're the singer and you're on the end. And, you know, where did this all, where did this all come together? 
I feel like I got a dunk of shade. With this thing. Um, Matt, myself, and Steve have been friends for for years, and uh, we actually met in this room right here. In the Roxy? Roxy? Yeah. Okay. And um, we've been talking about doing a project, and we had an opportunity to play with Geezer at the Adopt the Arts function, uh, Benefit, and I remember turning to Matt and saying, this is it, man, this is unreal. And uh, when it came time to put the gig together, put the band together, it just made sense. So, Frankie, you're the guy that, I mean, you certainly, as you mentioned, you and Matt, you had a band. You guys have had bands like all-star bands and things like that, right? You yeah. still do that? So, Matt, I met Matt. He had a band called Camp Freddy, which right. is an all-star band. And, um, and actually, my first gig with Matt was, was a Christmas residency about seven years ago. It was a Camp Freddy show here. And we still do that. But now it's called Kings of Chaos, and he'll, he'll elaborate on that. Okay. So, so Matt, jump in here. So... Your history with Frankie is based, dates back to doing that band? Yeah, well, it started kind of, started there. Um, Slash actually asked, called me one time and said, hey man, I've, I've, I found this singer and would you check him out with Camp Freddy and I'm going to come down and watch. <laughs> so, so, he, so Slash we, had you audition. We were looking Frankie, for a basically. singer for Velvet Revolver. Oh, okay. And... Then, you know, long story short, we kind of worked on that for a while. That didn't come to fruition. And then uh, just remained friends with Frankie, loved his voice, uh, kept playing with him in different situations. And um, when the situation came around, I have a charity for, for kids here in L.A. called Adopt the Arts. And we did a big benefit. And Geezer, I call Geezer because I just played with him with, uh, with Alice Cooper in The Hollywood Vampires. We did a gig here at the Roxy, and Geezer got up, and we played, uh, I think we played um, a Hendrix tune, um, Manic Depression. Mm-hmm. And it was just great. And then um, I think I got his number. Hey, Geezer, could I have your number? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so then I called, and we did, we, we went up for my Adopt the Arts thing, and we played War Pigs, because he knows that one. And, we, and we, we all know it as well. We love it. So we said, can we please play that song? And he, he obliged and said yes. And it was Steve, Frankie, and myself playing that night. And I remember it just felt explosive, you know. It was like just we all looked at each other and we were like, that was really cool. <laughs> and uh, at that point, you know, time went on and, and we started about talking about doing a project. And I called Geezer. And I, I sent him uh, a demo that we had, uh, another song that we haven't put out yet that's great. And uh, he liked it, and that was pretty much how it started. And then we got together and started writing songs. So well, let me go bring Geezer in here in a second. But, Frankie, let me go back to something you said a second ago. Because you, you actually um, you, you did shows with Slash yeah. prior to Slash doing what he's doing now with Miles Kennedy and yeah, all that. Exactly. So you were in a, a version of his band. Was it for a short time, basically? Yeah, it was, uh, he was calling it Slash and Friends at the time. Uh-huh. And so when um, Velvet Revolver didn't happen... He called me one day. He said, hey, man, I got some dates booked. And one of the first ones was this festival in, uh, in Norway, which is another all-star lineup he did. And so, yeah, I did a bunch of stuff with him. So, so what's fascinating here, though, is that obviously Matt loves you, and you're in a band with Matt now. You, you had done that with Slash at that period of time. Why didn't the, it happen for Velvet Revolver for you? Why, it seems like that would be what all the boxes would have checked, that you would have actually ended up with that gig then. You know what, man? It's, I, uh, someone asked you this 
like recently. And the truth of the matter is, there was one guy that was right for that gig, and sadly, he's not here. Right. That's the bottom line. Yeah, and that of course is you're talking about Wyland. Scott Wyland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt, are you got? Do you still hope to do Velvet Revolver again at some point? Is there still a side of you that hopes that that band is resuscitated at some point? No, I have a new band now. I know you do, but you know, most people. <laughs> Good most people are in a lot of bands at the same time, which we're going to touch on in a second. But somewhere down the line, I, because Slash has told me a lot of times he feels there's unfinished business with that band. Do you feel the same he's way? Never, he's never said that to me. Oh, really? <laughs> Maybe he, feels, he didn't say that to me either. Maybe he feels differently now too because he's got his thing going, no, you know, humming quite well. He's out there running around. He's doing fine. Slash loves to play the guitar, man. I he was home for like a week. And I he know was, he was back out on the road again, and I'm like, okay, yeah. uh, but I don't know. I mean, it's not, it hasn't really been discussed, so no. Okay, so you got the, so so you guys come together and you're doing uh, Camp Freddy and these gigs, and and then Geezer gets up, and then Geez, let me ask you this. So Sabbath ends, Sabbath retires, Sabbath is done, farewell, final shows, three years, whatever, a button on it. People make the assumption, all right, the band's done, Geezer's retired, that's it. And here you are, at this point in your life, getting in with guys and starting up a whole new band. How did that feel? Well, I retired after the last Sabbath show. Um, Didn't do, just traveled and did everything that I wanted to do when I was retired for a year. And then I got fed up watching the TV every day. Um, and I started writing stuff again, because that, that's what you do. You know, I've been doing it for 50 years, so it's in your blood. You can't stop once you... You can't just stop. Right. Especially when it's your hobby as well. Um, and I just really got back into writing stuff. I was planning on doing a, another solo album, another GZR thing. Mm-hmm. And um, got a few songs together for that. And then Matt got in touch with me about uh, Deadland Ritual. So, so he actually gave you the right number, right? He did, you asked him for the... It was a big move when you asked him for his number. Thankfully. Like, the digits were real. <laughs> he had, he had to call my wife. <laughs> yeah, Geezer doesn't text, I bet. You know, I got to say, when I got, an e- when I got an email back and the signature said Geezer... Yeah. That was a pivotal moment for me. Yeah, I mean, I gotta say, I've been I played with a lot of guys in my life, but I was really honored that that first of all he answered the email, mail, <laughs> right, and uh, second of all when he said that you know he was interested in playing, so it was a really great moment you know for me and the and the beginning of this band. So, so so what what kind in the year that you were so quote unquote retired yes. and you did some things. What, what were some of the things that you did in that year that you never had a chance to do? That I went, year? I've been to every American national park. Baseball? No. Bloody. Oh, national park. Like, yeah. Oh, because I know what, you're a Yosemite big. Yosemite. Oh, oh, oh no, the reason why I say that is because you're a big sports fan. You, you love yeah, sports as well. Yeah, soccer. Yeah. But, but, you, uh, well, but you went to a, I, you sent me a picture once of you were at the World Series, I remember. Yeah, I went to see the St. Louis Cardinals. Right, that's why I brought up baseball. But you yeah. went to the national parks of this country. Yeah, like Yosemite. Oh, wow. Did you get to, and did you that. hike or anything like that? Or? Yes. <laughs> and um, and I've, I've been all around, I went on some cruises. Uh, went on a tour of Italy just to see all the sights and everything. Um, I heard you tried skiing. Tried skiing. How'd that go? I was world class. <laughs> <laughs> and bowling, as you know. 
and I even tried golf. Uh, and what what did you do? Do, do any of the do any of them? Did you like? Would you like to do again? Would you like to do no. more? No, you're done. <laughs> One and done. <laughs> That's why I went back into music. <laughs> well, so we have we have uh, geezers. Inability to golf and bowl no, and ski. I was too good for it. It's like, oh, I've done it. Ma- <laughs> master of it. Next. <laughs> yeah. So these songs, and now, now the guy who is going to, he's going to join us via the phone in a minute here, but Steve Stevens, again, is the guitar player here, who is, uh, who, who's not with us here on set. Steve comes into it, the logical guy, given Frankie and Matt, that you guys were doing a lot with him. Is, was that the... Well, I, you know, I, I think people know, know him from being in Billy Idol's band for over 30 years. Right. But I, I've played with Steve in other situations, like, for instance, when we got to play War Pigs. And I saw a side of his guitar playing that I'd never seen before. Because he, in my opinion, is one of my favorite guitar players in the world. He's just, he's just an amazing guitar player. He can guitar. play anything. Yeah. He can play anything. And on top of that, he's a great human being. He's a, he's a sweet guy. Mm-hmm. And super easy to work with. And that all those things come into play when you're putting a new band together, right? And then um, that just, when I heard him on that other side of things, and then basically when we jumped off with the songwriting process, basically I just said to Steve, write some, you know, stuff, and let's use Black Sabbath as the benchmark. Let's try to go darker and heavier and, like, you know. So that's when we started writing this new material, and then the first song that you heard, Down in Flames, that was a geezer and Steve riffing together uh, in that 6-8 feel that had the Sabbath kind of 6-8 feel, which if you look back at the Sabbath repertoire, the early stuff, the really early stuff, there was a lot of swing in that music. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we kind of took that and, and ran with that song first. But yeah, it just all started naturally flowing. And now we've got a whole bunch of songs we're stacking up. And, you know, we're working towards a record down the line a little bit. Uh, we, got, we got about three in the can right now. We've been working with Greg Fiddleman, mm. who just did miraculous things for, uh, for Metallica, Metallica on that sure. new record, which yeah. I think, and I told Lars, is one of my favorite records they've done in years. Agreed, yeah. And uh, he comes from the Rick Rubin camp, and he did the last Sabbath record as well. He engineered that record mm-hmm. and did the new Slipknot stuff. So he's, he was a perfect fit. He was amazing to work with. So we loved we love that process, and I think the tracks sound awesome. Yeah, they really do. I mean, it's a it's, I mean, I've only heard the one song, but it, it sounds it sounds thick and it sounds heavy. But there's melody in it. There's great vocals. It's the riff. Everything about it is really really good. Geezer, you you said you were on your path to do a so another solo record, your own record. Yeah. What what a, what appealed to you about being in a band? Because here you are coming out of. A lot of years back in Sabbath and and dealing with a band in a band setting, a lot of people like yourself would be like, "Hey, man, I, I don't want to deal with anybody. I want to call all the shots, be the man, and just do a solo thing." But you wanted to be in. A, you like being in a band, I assume. You like the idea yeah, of having. I, it's what I've known, or you know, since I started when I was sixteen, was in a band, and um, when you're doing your own, when you're doing solo stuff, and it's just you writing stuff, there's nobody to bounce bounce off, and I really miss that. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't. It's good to have people saying, "Yeah, that's good. That'll work," or "That's not so good." And I missed having that. And uh, the guitarist that I work with in GZ Art, 
he's just moved to the east coast and um, he's got other things on his plate to, at, at the moment and um, with uh, Deadland Ritual everybody's local so it's easy to get together and you don't have to plan like months in advance to do a, an album or write songs it's like I feel like writing a song today call up Steve go around to Steve's house and we'll try something and uh, and the material came together quickly. You you guys have written. Well, you've recorded three songs. How much is written so far? There's a bunch written, but right. uh, we've recorded with Fiddleman three. We're actually going to the pre-production with a couple more now. And and you, I don't need to tell you guys because you're all veterans in the music industry. I've seen this a lot of times where there's a term thrown around for what you guys are the quote unquote super group, right? And there's a lot of people that, when bands like this come together, they don't think it's going to, fans, from a fan perspective, it's going to have any real shelf life, any real future, because everybody inevitably always scatters to whatever their respective corners are, so to speak. So there's always that perception out there. And the other thing is that I see a lot is even though you've got a guy from Black Sabbath and you've got a guy that in Matt that everybody knows from Velvet Revolver, Guns N' Roses, and Steve from Billy Idol and Frankie Apocalyptica, the things you've done, it, it's not – a fan's perspective on something like this is that, well, they're right out of the gate going to be doing arenas and have it mating. It's easy and it's comfortable. You've got to put a lot of work in, to, to, no matter what the history and the – the background of the people that have been in it, the fans don't come immediately. There's a lot of work. It's really building something from the ground up. So so are you all up for that? Are you in it for the long haul to really build this and make this uh, you know, a real band? Because there's so much of this now. I think a lot of fans look at it and kind of say, like, not you guys per se, but bands like this in general, it's not really a real thing. It's just going to be a project and they're going to be done in a month. Talk about that perception, and, and do you guys plan to hang in there and do that hard work? You know, play clubs if you have to, or whatever you have to do. Geez, you just came out of playing, you know, multiple nights in arenas all over the world in yeah, Sabbath. It's, it's going to be a chain. Yeah. Back to square one, doing starting clubs. And we're doing a lot, quite a lot of festivals in Europe. But it is, it's like, that's the challenge of it, starting all over again and putting the fun back into it. You, really so you embrace it. that. You're you're up for that at oh, this ab- point. Absolutely, yeah. 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 When was the last time you played a club, Geezer? We did a few on the last Sabbath tour just to warm up. We did some little clubs in around Birmingham. Oh wow, okay. And it was fantastic. Yeah. It really was. Yeah. But Matt, talk about that a little bit, that perception and like for you, you you, you know, that's something you're going to have to put that work in. Every all four of you guys are going to have to really be on board with this to work it. Is this the priority? Is this where you you want to hang your hat and really make this thing go? Yes, it it is. And I, I remember, you know, to go back to Velvet Revolver, you know, starting that band and what we had to do, you know, and build that that as a new band. Even though there were guys from a lot of different big groups in that in that band, we still had to come out with great songs. Yeah. You know, and we still had to write great material, and we still had to work really hard to be taken serious. And the same thing goes for this band. We we've been really diligent on making sure that we're writing great material, and you know, sending around the stuff to each other when we have a riff and say, "Hey, do you like that?" And everyone everyone chimes in. We're really open minded. You know, there's no like hierarchy that's sort of you know taking the fun out of it. Like Easer said, you know, this is like. 
this is fun again. I have to say, the very beginning of Velvet Revolver, I felt like a 20-year-old kid again. Mm. And I feel like that now, I, even though you know, we're all a little older. But it's still the, the energy of rock and roll and where we come from. It brings us back to when we first started again. Because, yeah, it is new. And it is a challenge, right? But at the same time, we've done this before. But we know what we got to do to get to where we want to go. And uh, so we're all on the same page. You know, we're fired up, and that feels good. That's exciting. Because not to say that the old job can get boring, because it doesn't, because you're playing in front of your fans, and you're playing all this great repertoire that's been written over the years. But at the same time, trying to break a new, a new band is, is not easy. And I'd say, if you say it was easier for guys like us, I would say we've been on the phone every day for about the last six months working on this project to get it off the ground. So... Um, I, we're, I mean, we're all, we're all here. We're all up for it. We're talking to you. We, we're going out in the summer in June. We're going to do 20. Yeah, we're going to do. We won't be here yet. She no, must no, have we'll a ticket because we'll she's screaming and the show's we'll not even We'll let you announced. know on that. Come to Europe. But we're going to start overseas, you know, and we're going to do 20 dates. And I, I haven't told Geezer yet. 23 days. <laughs> no, he knows. Welcome okay, back. Matt, see ya. <laughs> no. Uh, Deadland Ritual looking for a bass player, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> They've broken, like I said, they broke up before they even started. Hey, but you know, to, to reiterate on Geezer talking in about... In a van, Geez, yeah. in a van. Yeah, I asked in him. Van. I asked him, I said, <laughs> how's a van sound? No. Um, but you know, to reiterate on what Geezer said about going and seeing all these sites, you know, when you're on the road as a rock and roll band, especially the kind of schedule we're going to keep, you don't get to see anything. You know, so when, so after 50 years of playing with Black Sabbath, he goes on vacation and he gets to see some sights because when you're on the road, you know, we're going from gig to gig. People think, oh, here they are. All right. But we just drove in a bus for 12 hours, you know, to get to the next gig. And then we, by the time you get up, get rolling, you're not going to go see the National Monument. You know what I mean? You're, 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 you're going to the, you're going to catering and you're, you're going to the gig. Geezer's going from, it's from going to the Four Seasons to the Waffle House on the road, man. Oh, yeah. Get ready, Geese. If I'm lucky. You've been to a Waffle yeah. House in a while? I love the Waffle House. <laughs> Who yeah. doesn't love the Waffle House? <laughs> He's up for it, Talking. though. I, 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 I see a look in Geezer's eyes. I'm going to prove you son of a bitch is wrong. He's going to be the last one standing right now. I bloody hope not. <laughs> Frankie, for you, this is, uh, this is a big opportunity the way I see it because... People know who you are, but you also aren't. You don't have the profile of the guy that was in, whether it be Guns N' Roses or Sabbath or Billy Idol. Right. There's still a lot of people that are going to discover you through this band for the first time in a lot of ways, and, and in a lot of ways long overdue because you know I followed your career and, and what you've done, and I mean you're you're an incredible singer, man. Thanks, Eddie. So Thanks. so you this you you must look at this as a real big opportunity to really kind of put let the world know about Frankie Perez and what you've been doing all this time. Absolutely, man. You know, I, I've been a, for the longest time, I'm, I'm a musician for hire. Uh, that's, that's what I've been, you know, and I've been looking for that place. Did we check, look? Check. There we are. Oh, you're there. Yeah. Trying to ruin my gig, bro. Let's <laughs> <Just> get <kidding>. it. <laughs> as soon as the singer starts cutting, the mic goes out. No, but you, go ahead. So, um, you know, I, uh, I've been looking for somewhere to hang my hat for years and years, you know, and, um, I've been very fortunate that uh, I was able to meet people like Matt and like Slash, and um, and they introduced me to a lot of players. 
And the night that I was able to to get on stage with the, the lineup that is now Deadland Ritual, they may not have known, but I knew. <laughs> I was like, this is something. This is something I want to be a part of. And not even maybe six months ago, when we started doing pre-production, I got to sit in a room the size of a bedroom with these four guys, and it felt like it felt when I was 16 in a garage. You know, I mean, it wasn't forced. I'm just happy to be here, man. That's the bottom line, you know? <laughs> All right, well, I tell you, I'm excited for this band and where you guys are headed with this, and we're going to take a break, and when we come back on the br- uh, from the break... If everything works out and he hasn't taken the stage yet in Vegas, uh, we're going to have joining us on the phone the fourth member of this band. And Matt talked about him earlier, amazing guitar player, great person as well. Steve Stevens wants to join us, so he'll be joining us via the phone uh, coming up right after this to continue talking more about Deadland Ritual and uh, this new record that we'll see where the, when the record's coming, assuming there's a full record coming. We'll talk about the live shows a little bit more. And we'll, enjoy, uh, we'll, we'll welcome in Steve Stevens to the conversation. This, this is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey, if you like my show, you're going to love Beyond the Darkness on Podcast One. Tune in to discussions about all things paranormal with world-renowned researchers and experiencers challenging everything we think we know about ghosts, ghouls, angels, demons, aliens, monster encounters, mysteries, and miracles. Download Beyond the Darkness every week on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. The one guy, unfortunately, that could not be here with us because he has a gig tonight in Vegas with Billy Idol, who is doing, I guess, kind of a residency there at the moment. Uh, but we said all nice things about him if he was listening, so he can't. It's Steve Stevens, and he's going to join us right now for a few minutes on the phone. Steve, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, man. I'm here. Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you, brother. How are you? And uh, your three bandmates are here, and we just did some talking about, uh, about Deadland Ritual and how this all came together. Tell us a little bit about uh, your take on this. Were you at a point in your career where you're looking to do a new band? We were just talking about the challenges of getting something new up and running off the ground. Was this something that you were uh, ex- excited to do and looking forward to do at this point for your for your career? Absolutely. I mean, I've always wanted to be in a in a great band. You know what I would consider. You know the A team players. And um, you know Matt and I have known each other a long time. And, uh, you know, we always believed in Frankie, and the fact that Deezer uh, was willing to even entertain the idea was just just amazing. And it, you know, but it doesn't change. You know, you you still, you know, you get four guys in a room, and you see what it sounds like, and and that's you know that's really the the, the test of it all. And you know, within ten minutes of us playing together, we went, yeah, this, this is going to be amazing. Matt was talking earlier, Steve, about a different side to your guitar playing coming out in in this band. Uh, do you do you feel that way? Do you feel this is a, a band like Dead Ram, Deadland Ritual for you as a way to express a different side of what you bring as a player? Because you're so diverse, you can play anything. But hearing you play darker sort of uh, stuff like this, heavier, darker stuff, something I think maybe people wouldn't expect from you. So for you as a musician, is it? I imagine it's kind of cool to be able to exercise that side of, of what you do a little bit. 
it's really exciting for me as a as a player. And um, you know, obviously, the first time that you know I got to hear my guitar against Geezer Butler's bass was just just mind blowing, man. It's like somebody pinched me. Geez, you've played with a lot of guitar. Well, not a lot of guitar players, but you played with Tony Iommi for a really long time. Yes, and, and playing with a guy like uh, like Steve, you know, what do you hear in his playing? Is it does it does it does as a bass player? You, you've been so locked in with the same guys for so long, playing with different people and playing with a different guitar player. Talk about how it is for you. Well, it's always uh, hard to find the, the right people and um, Steve is the right person uh, he listens to what I've got to say which is very unusual for a guitarist <laughs> <laughs> and um, I love his playing, I love his innovation um, he comes up with stuff that I'd never dream of coming up with he just comes up in, in another dimension it's brilliant, it's great playing with him Steve, is it daunting oh, for you? Oh, that's so, that's so sweet, man. thank you it, it, but Steve, is it daunting for you to know you're the you've got to you know come up with riffs? You know, you're, Geezer's used to playing with the guy who's written the greatest riffs in the history of rock music. And Tony, the pressure's on Steve. You're going to have to meet those expectations on those riffs as you go forward writing stuff. Yeah, but you know what a challenge. You know to to and and, and I you know. The main thing about this band is, you know, we all want to make great songs, and it's not about, you know, one individual guy, and, you know, it's really like this, you know, we want this to be a band, and we're only as strong as the, the strength of the material, and I think we're all aware of that, and we're, we're you know, we're, we're um, su- you know, super supportive of each other, so uh, in that sense, I've, I, I feel secure in that. You know, if I'm not, if something's not, you know, absolutely killing these guys, they're going to tell me. Well, it sounds like things are off to the right start as far as uh, as far as killing it. And Steve, the other thing we touched on before you joined us is the fact that no matter what, you know, everybody knows you from your work with Billy Idol and all the things you've done, and everybody knows Matt and Geezer, the bands they have done. A lot of people know Frankie, but a lot more are going to learn about Frankie. But even so. As much as there's that great history and that sort of supergroup tag that'll be thrown onto this thing, it is starting from the ground up, isn't it? You you do have to put in the hard work. You do have to be willing to do all that stuff, and that's something that uh, that it seems like. What's really interesting is everybody in this band is really down for doing, regardless of how much history and success you've all had individually with other things. That at this point you are ready to put that work in. You really do want to commit to making this band work. Yeah, but at the, at the end of the day, you know, when we play together and create together, it makes it all worth it. So that's that's all you can go on, you know, is that is that gut feeling. Yeah, well, it sounds great. And for you personally, just I know you got a gig there tonight in Vegas, and I might drive out there this weekend and try to see you. But um, you're out there with Billy right now. How long does that go? Um, we're just here for uh, this this week. We have two shows, and then next week we have two shows. And then, but you guys are also going to go out and do like a, an unplugged sort of thing that was recently announced as well. Yeah, in uh, the month of March, we're just doing a, a duo unplugged tour, and um, you know that kind of came about when Billy was uh, promoting his book. I would go along, and you know, and we just do the stuff acoustically. So it's a cool way to kind of revisit your, your catalog in a new light. So it's all good, you know. It's all fun. 
And let me ask you this, all four of you guys, how are you going to handle this? I mean, you go out and play live shows. You've recorded three songs. You've released one at the time that we're doing this. Eventually, there will be a full record. But what's the right. live set going to be made of? Are you going to pull material from the other bands that you've been a part of to fill out the set? Or have you talked about that yet? How are you going to fill an hour, an hour and a half show? With yeah, you know what, actually, few... I'm, going to defer, I'm going to defer that answer to Geezer because he kind of blew our minds with some of the tunes that he had suggested. And we kind of went, are you kidding me? <laughs> I think the live show. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give that away. I'm gonna let you ask Geezer that question. Well, Geez, what what can you say? What what were you thinking? Um, I've always wanted to do. I mean, we've got to fill out this because we've only got like seven or eight original songs to go mm-hmm. on. So we need to do other stuff. Right. And um, this gives me the opportunity of doing some of the Sabbath stuff that uh, we Sabbath never did live. So um, we're gonna do a couple of very deep cuts from the Sabbath stuff. Matt is smiling ear to ear right now. <laughs> I feel Steve probably is through the phone, and so is Frankie. Did you, uh, Geezer, can you give me a couple songs that you always wanted to play that you never did live that you'd like to maybe tackle with this band? No. Come on, Geez. <laughs> I put you on my bowling team. Give me a little something. I can't remember. <laughs> Come on. Probably um, National Acrobat. Oh, all right. Definitely going deep there. Have you, now have you guys, Steve and uh, and Frankie and Matt, are you have you been in Geezer's ear about songs that you'd like to play from Sabbath's catalog? One hundred and fifty percent. Frankie, what's you? Let's go around the horn here. Give me one if you could do one, Frankie. Which one if if you could get on? Which one would you like to do? I want to do Heaven and Hell. There you go. That's the 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 Dio record, man. Amazing. That would be awesome. Matt, you got one. Uh, symptom of the universe. That would be amazing as well. Yeah. And Steve, what about you? Yeah, I got. I got. I got to agree with Matt. That was the one. That's the one. Symptom of the universe. Yeah. Sounds like. Well, Geezer, are you up for playing that one? Absolutely. Ah, uh, beautiful. Hey, I don't care if you don't play anything else the rest of the set. Before you guys play Symptom <laughs> of the Universe, that's worth the ticket right there. Uh, that would be amazing. Now, what what about going further? Like, would you do a, a Velvet Revolver or a Guns N' Roses tune or a Billy Idol tune? Or do, do you, would you work that into the set too, Matt? Do you, do you think? Or uh, I think maybe 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 a VR track might work. So, you know, it would feel it would feel right. Right. Uh, probably, you know, probably the coolest riff would be Slither, right? So probably have to probably have to go there. And then when we're on the bill with Slash, you know, we'll just both play it and see who plays better. Because <laughs> I'm not going to tell him that we're playing it, except for now he's going to find out. Well, you just did, buddy. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but I'm not going to go like, hey, Slash, we're on the bill with you today. Can we play Slither? Well, you've got to be, caref- you be careful what show it is, because Guns N' Roses started playing Slither, I'm sure you heard. No, I didn't hear that. You didn't hear that? I'm not going to talk about it, though. <laughs> oh, you you heard it. They were playing it in their set, which shocked everybody that that was in there. So you just shocked me just now. Come on, you didn't. You really didn't know that? No, I'm, I'm living. I live in Palm Springs, man. <laughs> what does that mean? I'm golfing. You don't get the internet out there. <laughs> I'm usually out by the pool. Oh my yeah. gosh, <laughs> Steve and Steve. We were talking earlier. You got a long friendship and history with with Frankie and Matt, right? And and you guys have. Uh, 
you know, been been doing uh, Kings of Chaos and some of those other things over the years. So it's got to feel good to fire up something totally original and create new stuff at this point with these guys. Yeah, I mean, it's been a while. To be honest, it's been a while in the making between uh, between the three of us. Originally, you know, we've we and and the thing is, I've seen Frankie, you know, on on stage in front of some of the most incredible singers, you know, huge names. And it's always a trip to see everybody walk out and go, you know, that guy was incredible, you know, and, and I'm sure Matt feels the same way. So, it's, it, you know, I think we're all just pl- proud to also give Frankie a platform uh, and give him, you know, the music that, that he deserves. And, and, and I believe that he's one of the greats, man. And I've, I've worked with all of them, you know, Billy Idol, Michael Jackson, Robert Palmer. I know, I know what great frontmen are about, and Frankie's right up there. And Frankie, are you going to play some guitar in this as well? Thanks, buddy. Jeez. Are you are you going to play guitar live also, or are you just going to sing? Steve's got that covered, man. So, I'm, so I'm single sing. guitar, and you're not going to... Because you've played some guitar. You were in Scars on Broadway, right? Yeah, myself, John, Darren, uh, we started that band. Right. We were right. the first lineup, and I played guitar in that band. But, but you're uh, going to go traditional frontman, guitar player, bass, that's drums. It. That's it. So you yeah, like he, taking he the guitar out of your hand? 100%. You know, we're going to have to play uh, guitar on some stuff. Okay, all right. Steve all right. just said he's bringing you in to play guitar on some stuff, so maybe you are going to be strapping it on for you a couple. Never, you that, never know. That new riff today, that one's got two guitars. Oh, it does, doesn't it? You're going to have to go junk, junk, junk on that. <laughs> you guys wrote something new today? Yeah. All yeah. downstrokes. Hey. We got a thing going on, you know, passing it around. All right, all right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Steve, listen, man, I'll, I'll let you go. Anything else you want to say before I let you go and, uh, and, and rock with Billy there tonight? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, uh, I apologize for not being able to be there, but I love these guys. I've, uh, I'm just like, um, you know, a kid in the candy store, and, and you know, being able to create music and uh, and also hang with these guys. These are all quality musicians and great human beings. And you know, man, I can't say enough good things about being involved in this band. You should have heard the shit Geezer was saying about you before you called in. He was shit talking you up and down, man. So now, you know, maybe he's giving you a second shot. No, that was about you. (laughs) Hey, Steve, before I forget, I'm picking you up 7.30 a.m. tomorrow. Okay, buddy? I'm serious. Hey, hey, Steve, thank you, man. Uh, it's great to talk to you. I'm going to try to come out to Vegas and catch, catch you with Billy if I can this weekend, but uh, I'll drop you a text, but I appreciate you taking a few minutes to call. Best of luck with this, man. I'm excited about it, really. I mean, the four of you guys, the music you're making, it's, it's right in my world of what I love the best and sounds amazing, uh, and, uh, and I, I just can't wait to see where this goes. So uh, best of luck with great. it, and I hope to see you soon. All right. Thanks, Eddie, and just let me know if you're coming out here. All right, man, you got it. Uh, Steve Stevens, everybody, joining us on the phone from Vegas. Take it easy, Steve. When can we expect a record? So you guys just mentioned that you had had written some stuff as recently as today. What's the target to get a record out? I would imagine at some point this year, is there a a plan, or is this still too new to really know when? We're in negotiations at the moment, so. For a deal, for a record deal. But material-wise, how much is done? We've got three completely done, three almost done, and a couple of ideas. And do you feel like it's, it's always interesting to me when a new band comes together, new musicians like this come together, 
everybody's putting in their input, everybody's writing and contributing. Sometimes that works and, and gels and feels great, and sometimes it's push-pull and you're trying to figure it out. Judging from Down in Flames, which we heard, it's, it's clearly working, but has it been, Matt, Frankie, has it been quick? Has it been like, like this just feels like natural, or are you guys still kind of feeling each other, feeling everybody out as, fo- as far as where this material is going to go and the direction you want it to take? I think one of the biggest things that we're all very conscious of is we want great songs, you know, and so we're we're not just doing throwaways, and we're constantly sending stuff back to each other and checking it out, and um, and Fiddleman bringing Fiddleman into the mix originally, the producer, yeah, yeah, the producer Greg, that was a lot of help. It helped, it almost helped us in a sense, glue it all together and kind of find out. It was an outside look of someone saying, "Look, man, this is what you guys got." Here you go. Right, you know? right. Matt, I want to ask you about something before we, uh, we run out of time here. We are sitting here at the Rainbow in what has been rebranded Lemmy's Lounge. There's a statue of Lem right down there. Lem spent years and years at that bar playing that game and sitting there, and, and we all saw him there having his drink and playing there. I just was remembering this as I was walking here because I had you on that metal show at a time we interviewed you at Roseland. You were playing in Motorhead. You did, how long did you play in Motorhead for? You filled in for Mickey, right? I did 13 shows. And you uh, lived to a, tell about it. Which was a perfect number. Because <laughs> uh, I had many blisters on my fingers. Uh, it was, I got to tell you, man, it was probably one of the greatest tours of my life. Uh, I had so much fun with those guys. Lemmy called me up. Uh, and I said this at his memorial. And he actually texted me. And I could hear his voice through the text. <laughs> Matt, I need you to play drums, you know. And I actually texted him back. I wrote, why me? <laughs> I was like, I don't know why I said that. And he wrote back, Dave Grohl's not available. <laughs> Did he really? That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> I was like... You know, Lemmy wasn't a guy that minced words. He'd tell you the truth. I love that about him. And then I and I and I texted, "When are we rehearsing?" And he wrote back, "We aren't." And I got a C, I got a DVD from Wacken Festival. He it came in the mail, like the next day, FedEx. And he said, "Learn the Wacken show." And I learned it. And then I met them at the nine thirty club in Washington D.C. We sound checked, and I played that night. The, the night you saw me at Roseland was my second show. My gosh. And it was amazing. The, for a drummer, though, it was like I had to remember which song was Booga Baga Booga Baga Booga Baga Booga or Boom Baga Booga Baga Booga Baga Booga <laughs> or Booga Baga Booga, right? So it got confusing, you know, because there's a lot of Motorhead songs that you know, have that sort of thunderous rock, rock kind of beat happening underneath. And I just needed to kind of decipher that. But, you know, obviously playing Overkill and, you know, Ace of Spades. And then I had to learn the newer stuff that Mickey did, like Tragedy, uh-huh. which some of that stuff was like, wow. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was one of the greatest experiences that I ever had. And, um, yeah, I did it and... Happy to see you. I, re- I remember seeing you, and, and that was like you said, that was your second show. And we talked, we were out on the street behind Roseland, which unfortunately isn't there anymore, but we were talking, and you were just like, 
dude, this gig is hard. Like you were showing me your hands, and you were like, you were beat up. Like it was going to boot camp for you. They really put you through it. Yeah, it, it was. You know, when Lemmy came out and he said, "You know, we're Motorhead and we play rock and roll," he wasn't joking. Yeah, you know, no. and uh, it was, a, you know, it was a very energetic, high energy set, and, and uh, I loved it, and I still remember it like yesterday. It was one of the greatest experiences, especially being on the bus with Lemmy, and you know, he's just got great stories. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, especially about he knew everything there was to know about every Civil War. We'd be driving down the highway through the Midwest or, like, you know, in the South where they had, like, battlefields. And he'd point and he'd go, over there was the battle of, you know, whatever. And he knew everything about not only, the, you know, the Second World War, First World War, but the American Civil War. Right. So a history buff. Wow. Yeah. Geese, did you have a lot of history with Lemmy? Did you know him well? Um, not only when we did uh, gigs together. Mm-hmm. We used to talk about stuff. As a bass player, did you guys bond over that? Did you ever talk about bass? Play, he always played co- bass chords, so he was a totally different bass player than to me. Did you guys, uh, any of you guys ever have any history with Lemmy here, right here in the Rainbow, hanging out and having some nights? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Matt's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Look, I... I you know, I haven't had a cocktail in quite a few years, but even at Lemmy's Memorial, they had ja- shots of Jack laid out on the table. Right. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, you know? I do, yeah. And I went over, and I almost picked one up. Just, you know, I'm like, oh, I get a pass, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for, for, for fucking Lemmy, I get a pass. Right, you should, absolutely. But no, I, I didn't do it. You didn't do it. Because I would have ended up in fucking Tijuana, and then, you know, would <laughs> you know, would all going to shit, and not good. <laughs> and Lemmy would even say to me, you know, oh, yeah, you shouldn't drink, man. You, you shouldn't drink. Yeah. He once yelled at me backstage at a Slash show at this House of Blues right here because I wasn't having a drink because I had it was getting late at night and I had to fly the next day. And it's like it's two o'clock. There's no need to keep drinking. So in the middle of talking to him, I turned around to the refrigerator in the dressing room. I grabbed a water and I came back and he just looked at me with the most offended face. And he said, what are you doing? He goes, go, go back and get yourself a proper drink. I said, well, Lem, it's, you know, what, what do you think? You're going to get fucking hydrated? Go get it. He didn't want to talk to me until I went and got the drink. Yeah. Uh, one other thing, Matt, on you. Somebody here in the audience came up to me before you got here and told me that you recorded with Izzy Stradlin. Is that true? Yeah, we, uh, Izzy called me um, out in the desert. We both live in the desert. <laughs> he lives way out in the desert. He, he's an interesting guy. Izzy lives in the desert. And then he has a pad up in Ojai, okay. which is kind of up in the past Santa Barbara, mm-hmm. up that way. And he, he texted me and said, I've got a song. Come up. I drove up to Ojai, and we got in this little studio and we recorded a song called Fighter Pilot Money. Has it come out yet? It's out. Okay. Does it's, he want to do more, do you is think? He, is he just put it out. He right. just released it. You know, not even any press or anything. Right. Um. Because he just likes playing music and writing songs. But he, you know, he's, he's always been an interesting guy. Yeah. And, you know, he could call me tomorrow and say, let's go record a song. And he came over to my house and we, we sat down and played some guitars. And that's, you know, that was cool. Yeah. Wow. He's kind of, uh, 
you know, a lot of people always wonder what he's doing and what he's out there. I had no idea he put a song out, and that's that's cool. So hopefully it maybe inspires him to do more and gets out there and plays a little bit. I think a lot of people would love to see him. Well, we're about to run out of time here, everybody, but um, I'm excited about where you guys are headed. I can't wait for more music. Uh, the live shows, the record, it sounds like we're going to get some great Sabbath tunes played live as well by this killer band. Of course, all the great original music. Again, the band is called Deadland Ritual. You guys are already on social media and all that. Yeah. Well, my thanks to Matt, Frankie, Geezer, and Steve. Looking forward to seeing what that band does going forward here in their full record. Already some European dates announced. Hopefully U.S. dates soon. Very excited about the fact that they'll be playing some Sabbath stuff live to fill out the set, especially some of the Dio stuff that they said they're looking to do as well. That's very exciting. We'll keep an eye on that and hope this band sticks. We'll see what happens in time. Thanks to everybody who came out to the broadcast at the Rainbow. I do those monthly Just follow on social media. Keep an eye on my website, and I'll let you know when the next one is. It will be sometime in mid-February, and they are free if you're in Southern California. And, of course, you can listen to them on Sirius XM Volume 106, where you can hear my show live, Talk and Rock, every day, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time, and the show replays 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern, and it's also on demand whenever you want it on the Sirius XM app. If you're in the U.S. and Canada, please come on board and join us on Sirius XM for my daily rock talk show, and every week I'll try to bring you a little taste of some of the things I'm doing right here on the podcast as I just did. Next week I'll be on Cruise to the Edge. I'll bring you the Paul Rogers interview, which was a great one with a true legend. That'll be next Thursday for another all-new episode. Thanks to Katie Irizarry. She is the producer. And uh, remember, follow on all that social media at Eddie Trunk and EddieTrunk.com. You guys have yourselves a great week. Catch you next Thursday for another all-new episode, always free, iTunes or PodcastOne.com or wherever you get your podcasts. biggest Sunday of the year is finally here as the Los Angeles Rams go head-to-head with the New England Patriots in Atlanta. And Podcast One Sportsnet has got your game day coverage. Tune into the Rich Eisen Show and the Dan Patrick Show for your daily game day analysis from the most iconic sportscasters around. As R.J. Bell of R.J. Bell's Dream Preview and Shaq from the Big Podcast come at you live on the ground for the best game day coverage available. No matter which team you're rooting for, download these shows and more each week on Podcast One Sportsnet or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Myrtle Beach is the beach. 
60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night, you can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music field trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com.